Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. As always on this show, we like to keep you a month or so ahead of the news cycle. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a warning for you today. I'm going to produce the evidence. The attacks are coming against President Trump. They're preparing right now. Right now, I'll produce the evidence. Don't go anywhere. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online data today. Now, go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, Daddy-O, I'm doing pretty good. Ready to go. All right, good to hear from you. Missed you this weekend. All Uh, right, we got that. I've got a Spygate update, some new communications that have surfaced, making another... Uh, making our shows from the past look pretty prescient at this point. Got mm, that. Got a yeah. polling update, too. There is an election around the corner. There are other stories going on. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. Appreciate right. the viewership last weekend and the, last week and the listenership. You guys and ladies are great out there. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Omaha Steaks. Ladies and gentlemen, we just bought ours. Paula, you have that picture? We got to show that picture. Something. We just bought a whole bunch of Omaha Steaks. You stay at home. There's never been a better time to stock up with Omaha Steaks. They'll deliver the world's best steaks and a huge variety of family favorites without leaving home. Right now, the Omaha Steaks limited time stock up sales available for our listeners to help your family stock up on the food you love. Go to omahasteaks.com. Look at that. It tastes delicious. <laughs> Steaks are awesome. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter code Bongino into the search bar. You'll get free shipping on orders of $69. And there's a variety of ready-to-ship stock-up boxes available right now. We have two, as a matter of fact. The packages are perfect for families, and they're ready to head straight for your door with free shipping. Stock-up boxes include world-famous Omaha steaks, naturally aged to tenderness and trimmed to perfection, premium poultry and pork, cut by Omaha steaks butchers and individually sealed for freshness and flavor. My mouth is watering now. Tasty, easy-to-make side dishes, no-work family meals for your slow cook or even skillet meals, ready and fit. 15 minutes or less. We got some fajitas downstairs in the freezer from artisan desserts and much more. Right now, stock up boxes are ready to ship and shipments of $69 or more get free shipping. Omaha Steaks delivers guaranteed quality and safety on every order. If you're stocking up for the things you need, don't forget food you will love. Omaha Steaks is a fifth-generation family-owned company, 100 years of expertise in delivering perfectly aged, delicious, all-American grain-finished beef. It's hand-cut by master bushers. Every Omaha Steaks order is flash-frozen, vacuum-sealed, and safety delivered in a cooler with dry ice. They're fresher than fresh. There's never been a better time to stock up on Omaha Steaks. The stock-up sale is going on right now. I'm getting a lot of questions about Omaha Steaks. You have a great supply out there. Free shipping on shipments of $69 or more. Visit omahasteaks.com. Type Bongino in the search bar to shop today. Go to the search bar. Type in Bongino at omahasteaks.com. Shop today. All right, let's go. Here we come. Joe, the Pelosi strikes again. (laughs) (laughs) Usually people who get a the prefix are worthy of accolades. I use that in a condescending manner because Pelosi is just a master of misinformation Uh, Just an awful person contributing to the downfall of this country every day by promoting garbage, misinformation, disinformation, and not looking to help us get through this crisis at all. So now showing you how the left is already preparing for uh, basically round three of attacks on President Trump. They're already prepping, already, but they're not looking at solving this crisis. don't, Don't take my word for it. I'm going to play video Pelosi herself telling you what's coming next. You don't have to take my word for it. Just take her word for it. Remember the narrative when this first started. The narrative by the hapless, infantile, outrageously Nancy Pelosi. Here's what the Pelosi tweeted a couple months ago about Donald Trump claiming he was 
The narrative then, Joe, he was overreacting to the Wuhan virus oh, yes. from China. Yes. He was overreacting. These are her tweets, ladies and gentlemen, mm. not mine. Here's the Pelosi on January 31st of 2020. The Trump administration's expansion of its un-American travel ban is a threat to our security values and the rule of law. Barring more than 350 million people from predominantly African countries from traveling to the U.S., this rule is discrimination disguised as policy. Oh. In the coming weeks, the House, here's get a lot of show. They were going to vote on this. Yeah. In the coming weeks, yeah. the House will bring the No Ban Act, Joe. No ban, you know, no ban. They, they have to put these fancy titles on to the floor to prohibit religious discrimination. She's got to throw identity politics oh, in there yeah, yeah. in our immigration system and limit the president's ability to impose such bans. There's the Pelosi for you, folks. January 31st. About a month ago. Yeah. Two months ago. Something like that. A month and a, a little over. There's the Pelosi telling you President Trump was overreacting to all this stuff. Matter of fact, she has to throw in the whole racism card because that's what she does. Yeah. Here's the Pelosi on CNN now claiming the president underreacted while saying he overreacted, forgetting. Now, well, not forgetting. Here's the thing, folks. She knows liberals are really sometimes really stupid. Many of them, not all of them, but some of them are really dumb. And she knows they'll pretend they'll they'll retcon, you know, They'll go, they'll, they'll make pretend that story never happened. Like the Michael Myers yes. movies when they keep rewriting mm -hmm. the backstory. She's pretending that none of her tweets ever existed. Here's Pelosi on with CNN now claiming President Trump ignored the intelligence when he instituted a lot of these travel bans she claimed were racist and that they were the ones who were really on top of it. But I want you to pay particular attention because she shows the two-prong attack coming. Number one, they're going to claim he ignored the intel and he underreacted. Redconning their story that he overreacted in the past. Second, they're going to go for the equipment line. Tr Listen to Pelosi and we get back. I'm going to debunk this nonsense because this is what's coming next. Check this out. Well, first of all, let me just say how sad it is that even since the president's signing of the bill, the number of deaths reported has doubled from 1,000 to 2,000 in our country. This is such a very, very sad time for us. So we should be taking every precaution. Uh, what the president, his... Uh, Denial at the beginning uh, was deadly. His delaying of getting uh, equipment to where it's, it continues, his delay in getting equipment to where it's needed is deadly. And now I think the best thing would be to do is to prevent uh, more loss of life rather than it open things up so that, because we just don't know. We have to have testing, testing, testing. That's what we said from the start before we can evaluate uh, what the... the, the uh, nature of it is in some of these other regions as well. I don't know what the purpose of that is. I don't know what the scientists are saying to him. I don't know what the scientists said to him. When did the president know about this? And what did he know? What did he know? And when did he know it? That's for an after action review. But as the president fiddles, people are dying. And we have to, we just have to take every precaution. What did the president know and when did he know it? There you go. This is amazing. This is truly astonishing how Nancy Pelosi is, is rewriting history now on CNN. Rewriting history. Mm -hmm. This same awful, lying political hack who tweeted on January 31st, 
I'm losing track of dates. I'm going to be honest with you folks. Okay. It's March 3rd. I'm seriously losing track of dates. That's <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I've been home for so long. I'm like going, I'm ready to go red rum style in the shining. I'm losing my mind. We've been in our house for so long. Nancy Pelosi is rewriting history. This is the same person when Trump responding to intelligence that Wuhan, the Wuhan virus was coming here, instituted a travel ban from that place and others. This is the same Pelosi who called it racist, who is now claiming in her two-prong attack, they're getting ready. Listen to me. Mark it, please. Oh, March 30th, 1029 uh-huh. Eastern time. March, mark this date. Mark this time. They are preparing right now for another investigation into Trump and her attack is going to be twofold. Nancy Pelosi isn't smart enough to keep it under her, you know, keep the Pandora's box kind of closed. So she says, number one is going to be denial. And number two is going to be delayed because they love focus group tests and talking points, Mm -hmm. Joe. And you remember the, you know, the talking point under Russia was what? Collusion. Collusion. The talking Mm -hmm. point for the Ukraine hoax was what? Quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. The talking point now when they start these investigations is going to be the denial of the uh, the evidence and the delay in the equipment. Denial and delay. Again, showing you it's coming. Here is now. I'm sorry I got to make this. This is maybe a temporary change. It may be long term. I have to move the charts. This is a big moment. Paula, Joe, this is a big moment. Yeah, I, I... I know, I know this is one of those epic sea changes on the show where you should all mark the show. What is it? Show number 1216. Yeah. The dumbest person in media, there's a big change. We always have the (laughs) rankings. There's been a big change. Brian Stelter has been number one forever. Four years, three years, I'm Mm, not even sure. The single dumbest guy in media. Yeah. We are now graduating Chuck Todd to number one and bumping Stelter down. I don't know how long this is going to last, <laughs> but Chuck Todd. Yeah. Remember that? Remember the new media narrative. They're going to go because this is they're not. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to Pelosi. Don't listen to me on that. I'm telling you, I played Pelosi so much. They are now into already the attack on Trump rather than trying to solve this crisis. They're already setting you up. Yep. And morons like the now dumbest guy in media, Chuck Todd are getting ready to parrot the denial delay talking point. Chuck Todd goes even a step further, Joe, asking Sleepy Joe on an interview, listen to this, if Trump has blood on his hands. What? This is an actual interview from an actual moron. Check this out. Do you think there is blood on the president's hands considering the slow response? Or is that too too harsh of a criticism? I think that's a little too harsh. Even Sleepy Joe has to correct. The now dumbest man in media, Chuck Todd. Brian, we had to demote you. I know you'll be upset. You are now the silver medal winner in the dopey media person Olympics. Chuck Todd, you have now run away with the gold. Man, made by That is a real question. Sounds smart. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> when you're the dumbest guy in media, Joe, there's always a foil effect. Why do you put diamonds on a black background? It makes the diamond look shinier. When you put a really dumb guy like Chuck Todd next to Joe Biden, Joe Biden looks like, you know, Stephen Hawking. I can't believe we're saying this. Joe Biden's going to start talking about M theory and quantum mechanics soon next to Chuck Todd. Jeez. I told you the narrative was coming.
Again, they're not. Why is this important now? Because the Democrats are not interested at all in getting through this. Do you understand that? You are paying politicians in the House, not all of them, but a lot of them, led by the the Pelosi, who was a disaster, who was an awful, awful human being. An awful, not an awful politician, she's an awful human being. They are preparing now. They are allocating their time in one of the great generational crises we've had to deal with. Financial, economic, and health-wise. What are they wasting their time on now, Joe? The political attacks coming the minute we can mitigate this crisis. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Listen to her. Now, showing you how this is nonsense, let's take their two-prong attack that they're going to use for investigations, if, not, if, not, if they're not already preparing now, which I think they are, immediately once we start to get a hold of this crisis, because that's all they care about. These are sick people. These people need, these are really sick, deranged, awful garbage people who need help. So they're first. Let's go with the first one. That President Trump is denying the equipment, life-saving equipment to people. You heard her say it. Yeah. We have to look into the denial of equipment. There was denial of equipment? Here's CNN's own video of an interview with Andrew Cuomo, where Andrew Cuomo, who has stated when President Trump said, wait, you've been, I just want you to make sure you understand, but the context of this interview before I play it, there was a back and forth last week about Andrew Cuomo, where President Trump said, hey, we shipped you thousands of ventilators that are sitting in storage. You're telling us we're denying you equipment. We shipped you the ventilators you need to keep people alive and you're not using them. Cuomo says, that's a misinformation. That's not true. In this same interview I'm about to play about the alleged denial of equipment that's sitting in a warehouse in New York, I, let's pray to God, and I mean that, they don't need it. They may, and they may need more, no doubt. I'm simply suggesting to you the Democrats are busy investigating right now when they should be solving, and they're doing it by lying to you. Watch Cuomo in the same interview accuse Trump of promoting misinformation and then confirming the story that the ventilators are in a warehouse. This is CNN. Were there ventilators found in a storage facility uh, or something that the president is claiming that there were ventilators found that they need to be distributed? Is there any truth yeah. to that? That is, uh, that is incorrect and grossly uninformed. The... Uh, the point is, we have ventilators in a stockpile, and we didn't send them to the hospitals yet. Of course we didn't. That's the whole point. The hospitals don't need them yet. The hospitals aren't at their apex. The hospitals have enough ventilators today. But the numbers are going up. We're planning for an apex, a high point, in about 21 days. That's when we need the 30,000 ventilators, not today. Right now, we're putting them in a stockpile. So the point is, well, they're in a stockpile, you must not need them. It's just ignorant. Of course you don't need them today. You need them when you hit the climb, uh, the apex, which is 30,000. We're not there yet. Huh? Um, ah. Joe, you heard the same cut I did. Yeah. You prepped it. Yeah. Paula, you heard it. But did I miss something there? So Cuomo and the Democrats, again, busy investigating, not busy solving this problem at all. Mm -hmm. They're busy investigating, getting ready. They're getting ready. He delayed the equipment and denied it. 
denied the intelligence and delayed the equipment. Trump says, wait, I sent you thousands of ventilators that you're not using. Cuomo, that's misinformation and it's ignorant. It's ignorant. And the CNN guy, to his credit, goes, well, are they in a warehouse or not? Yeah, they're in a warehouse in a stockpile. Uh, What did I miss there? To the liberals who listen to my show, who send me your nasty emails, especially that one crazy guy. Do you know who you are? This guy loves the nasty email. I had to spam him for a while, but actually some of his emails are so <laughs> stupid. Just I actually one? laugh at him. So I had to unspam. <laughs> I did. No, no. Some of them are actually kind of hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what am I missing here? Trump, we sent you equipment. Therefore, the denied equipment story is a lie. The equipment's in a warehouse, which you're saying is ignorant when it's actually in a warehouse. So that's another lie by you. This is what the Democrats are busy doing. Let's go to the other portion. Remember, the delayed equipment. That's delayed by sending it to New York where it's sitting in a warehouse. Okay. Again, you have to be an idiot to believe that, but you do you. The second prong of their attack, they ignored the intelligence on this, ladies and gentlemen, the Trump administration, despite the fact that I already showed you Nancy Pelosi's tweet calling Trump a racist for these travel bans. But again, you do you. Ignore that kind of stuff because facts and data aren't your thing if you're a liberal, I'm sure. Let's go to CNN's own story, which they hilariously try to frame as an attack on Donald Trump, but is really an indictment of the Bush and Obama administration. Even worse for the Obama administration. This is their own story. CNN, federal officials repeatedly warned that U.S. hospitals lacked enough ventilators. Oh my gosh, you read that headline, Joe, you're like, Federal officials. Yeah. Clearly, they're talking about Donald Trump. Clearly. Proving their their narrative right, Joe. Donald Trump denied the warnings and the intelligence. And then you read the opening paragraph of the story. And, you know, these things like dates, Joe, always get in the way. Here it comes. In (laughs) In at least 10 government reports from 2003 to 2015. In at least 10 government reports from 2015. Okay. Um. Not sure Donald Trump was president then, but again, you do you. Federal officials predicted the United States would experience a critical lack of ventilators and other life-saving medical supplies if it faced a viral outbreak like the one currently sweeping the country. Um, This is, again, how is this an indictment on the Trump administration? Now, you may say fairly enough, well, the Trump administration got in in 2016 and they weren't doing anything about this report. Yeah, you know, you were kind of busy with the collusion hoax and the impeachment hoax and that other stuff. Eh, I think 2003 to 2015, after President Obama and Joe Biden, remember Joe Biden, the guy running for president right now, who right. actually made Chuck Todd look smart, as Joe just accurately stated, what did they do? Yeah, we had the whole H1N1. I've been watching this series with Paul on the weekends, on Pandemic on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. They talk about H1N1. How deadly this is, that version of the flu, the influenza virus, and potential uh, universal vaccines in the future. What did the Obama and the Biden administration do about ventilators after being warned in 10 government reports? Maybe not all 10 during their years, to be fair. Some of the Bush years too. What did they do? The answer is nothing. They did nothing. And yes, this is Trump's fault now. Despite the fact that Trump has ventilators in New York that Cuomo is not even using. But this is miraculously, Joe, Trump's fault, and there'll be an investigation. 
<sighs> you may say to yourself, because I get a lot of these emails, mostly from the leftists, but a couple of Republicans, I, I'm guessing, by because I, I read not all any, I, we can't, we get a tons, and Paula tries to read most of them, but I try to read as many as I can. And some of them from Republicans, I guess, by the gist of some of your prior emails I've been reading. Mm-hmm. And some of you said, you know, why, why is everybody spending so much time in the media? We got a problem to solve on the media. Because ladies and gentlemen, the media is supposed to be our primary source of information about how to solve the problem. Here's what we're getting from the White House. Do this. Here's your testing centers. Here's proper hand washing. Here's what we're finding out about how long the virus lives on surfaces. Here's what we're finding out about possible reinfection. Here's what we're finding out about vaccines. Ladies and gentlemen, 50 to 60% of their time is being wasted on preparing for an investigation of Donald Trump while this crisis is still going on. You're wondering why I'm mad at the media? Let me give you just a quick analogy why the media irks me so much in this. You know, there's nothing more damaging in politics or in life than a narrative or a story that develops that contradicts so completely a pre-existing narrative. What do I mean by that? People wonder a lot why, you know, a lot of these stories that came out about Trump weren't so damaging during his political campaign when they would have buried any other political candidate. The answer is because Trump had talked about this stuff openly for years. People knew what they were getting into. Damaging narratives, politically and otherwise, are ones that destroy a pre-existing notion of who or what a situation is about. Does that make sense? You say, what does this have to do with why you're so angry at the media? Because ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people out there who don't do politics every day like I do, it's my job. A lot of you were under the mistaken belief that our media people, not all of them, but a lot of them, are here to give you information. What so disappoints me is for a long time before I ran for office, I believed that too. I thought when I was watching the NBC Nightly News or reading the Washington Post once in a while in the New York Times, I was getting actual information. You're not. You're getting propaganda. And it's why I'm so livid. It reminds me of, uh, you remember Rocky IV? You know, where Apollo goes in to fight uh, Drago and, and it's an exhibition and everybody thinks it's an exhibition. Yeah. And, and Apollo gets killed in the ring because Drago doesn't think it's an ex- ex- exhibition. Drago's like going all out. And Duke, remember the trainer Duke? He's like, it was supposed to be an exhibition. We all thought this was an exhibition. The media doesn't. We all thought this was facts. We all thought we're getting information. What are you getting? You're getting a nonstop litany of BS from a media, many, not all, that could genuinely help in this crisis this is entirely forfeited that role and exchanged it for BS narratives, propaganda dissemination, and other garbage designed to foster an investigation into Donald Trump when this is over, despite the fact that we're in the middle of it right now. And you wonder why I'm so mad at the media? They're a disgrace. They've disgraced themselves completely. Totally, completely disgraced themselves. All right, there is some other news going on, so I want to get to that. I'll get back to some of this Wuhan virus stuff in a minute, but there's a poll that came out, again, showing you how the media narratives have completely fallen apart because people now know it's not an exhibition anymore, and they know to fight back. They know the media's given them BS. Here's a story by the Daily Caller. Be in the show notes. Definitely worth your time. Trump polling against Joe Biden. The polls weren't looking good for a while. Nah, not so much anymore. Headline. 
Scott Moorfield, Daily Caller. Trump surges the statistical tie with slumping Joe Biden in latest presidential poll. Folks, it's not working anymore. People are largely writing these media idiots off because they realize it's not an exhibition, that this is the real deal, and they know exactly what the media is doing. All right, I want to get back to that. I've got another... I, I made a mistake on Friday's show. It's not a mistake, like a correction mistake about the facts, but I teased to you before the show how I wasn't going to leave you in a bad mood. And I forgot to tell you how we're going to fix this going forward. Huh. So it's a great huh. article by Ben Weingarten in The Federalist. I know, huge mistake. Yeah. I, I usually follow the path and I, I didn't want to leave you in a depressed mood. I want you to, a couple of things coming out of this, paradigm shifts going forward, how things are going to change. I'm going to get to that. And I want to get to how we can fix this going forward. It's going to be really important. But let's get to our second sponsor today. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at NetSuite. Listen, we'd be lost without NetSuite by Oracle in our house. It's the world's number one cloud business system. Go to netsuite.com slash Bongino. Go today. We need it to manage Bongino Inc. here. It's good for everything. Now, listen, what are companies, successful companies like Ring, Hint, and Tecovis all have in common? They all use NetSuite to accelerate their growth. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to know your numbers to make a successful business and don't let your competitors beat you to the punch by getting a NetSuite first. Successful companies know in order to grow faster, you got to have the right tools. You want to take your company from 2 million to 10 million or 10 million to hundreds of millions in revenue? NetSuite by Oracle gives you the tools to turbocharge your growth now. Don't wait. With NetSuite, you get a full spectrum picture of everything, your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place, right from your phone or computer. NetSuite will give you the visibility and control you need to make the right decisions and grow with confidence. That's why, get a load of this, NetSuite customers grow faster than the S&P 500. NetSuite's the world's number one cloud business system trusted by more than 19,000 companies. It's the last system you will ever need. NetSuite, business grows here. Schedule your free product tour now. Receive your free guide as well. Six ways to run a more profitable business at netsuite.com slash Bongino. That's netsuite.com slash Bongino. netsuite.com slash Bongino. Go today. All right. So getting back to my story here, I was telling you about excellent story, uh, piece by Ben, Wein, uh, ben Weingarten, excuse me, in the Federalist. Spit it out there. Worth your time. Paradigm shifts coming forward. And I'm going to kind of combine this with how we can fix this and come out of this on the other side. Things we can change to make the country more resilient to this in the future. Uh, again, the article is five major paradigm shifts that the Wuhan flu crisis has realized uh, has revealed Americans need. Be in the show notes. Worth your time. It's a good read. I'm not going to go through all of Ben's suggestions, things that have to change in the future, but I'm going to go through a few of them. And again, I'm going to tie them into how we can make their, our country more resilient going forward in case something like this, God forbid, were to happen again. The article's in the show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. If you go there, subscribe to my newsletter. We send it out daily. I'll send you these articles every day. He mentions, number one, how how China has clearly become a global adversary and a menace. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a, I'm a free and fair trader. I always have been. I've spoken about this at length. It was a topic on my show for, for years when free trade issue came up. It's still oh, yeah. a topic on my show now. But ladies and gentlemen, free trade at the expense. Now we're seeing what happens, by the way, when a global menace like China unleashes a plague upon the world is not worth this. It's not. It's not worth this. We have to be super cautious in the future about our supply chains. I am not suggesting protectionism, mercantilism, none of that. If you are, that's fine. I read your emails. This is always a sensitive topic. I get a lot of feedback. 
I respect your opinion. Of course, I appreciate your back and forth. Free trade deals that are fair are a good thing. They've always been a good thing. Relying on China for what can be vital national security interests exclusively on China is clearly now a huge mistake. China has become a menace. They have clearly staked out where they are and what their priorities are. We are going to have to have a paradigm shift going forward in our trade relationship with China. I'm not suggesting we should cut it off. I'm simply suggesting we're going to have to review our critical supply chains and see where China could do damage to us in the future. Secondly, global supply chains, not just China. Folks, you know, there's a thing called competitive advantage and absolute advantage. If you've studied economics, it's usually the first day of the first course. Absolute advantage, you know, can we do things better? Competitive advantage. I mean, the best way to explain absolute advantage is if, if we could probably make most things better than other countries. The competitive advantage would be, well, should we? And the analogy I use to explain kind of the differences, let's say the owner of a bagel store. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of used to live near one. The owner of a bagel store can probably roll bagels quicker than most of his employees because he's owned the bagel store most of his life. So why doesn't he do it if he can do it faster? Well, the reason is because the owner of the bagel store is more valuable overseeing the operations of the store to make sure it functions okay rather than sitting in the back rolling bagels while the store falls apart. Okay. Even though he has a competitive advantage in his rolling skills. Mm -hmm. Folks, we can make anything better than anyone else. We can. I'm not kidding. That's not some you know, super patriot Captain America statement. It's a fact. We can make everything from rubber dog toys to artificial intelligence computers when they when we finally get them, quantum computers. We can do it better than anyone. Anyone. Now, the absolute advantage would be something like French wine. Well, we can't make French wine because we're not French. We can make wine, probably make pretty good stuff in Napa Valley, but we can't make French wine. They have an absolute advantage. But anything else, we can win on. The question is, when we're looking at our supply chains and paradigm shifts going forward in the future, and Ben's piece is pretty good on this, even though we would be better off letting China and other countries produce valuable antibiotics and medicines Mm -hmm. because there are some other medicines, higher value, up the value chain medicines we can produce here, we may have to look at reevaluating our relationship with them. Does that make sense, Joe? Listen, China may make... We could make aspirin better than China. We could do anything better than China. We can. Yeah. But the question is, even though we have a competitive advantage by letting them do it while we produce high-end hepatitis, HIV drugs, and cancer medications, would it make more sense to reevaluate the supply chain on basic antibiotics now? Will the drugs be basic there medicines? when we need them? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's why I have you as the audience referee. Thank you, sir. So number one, China's a menace. Something needs to change. Second, global supply chains, important. He makes a couple other points. One of them I want to get into because it ties in to the topic I said I was going to relate to this. Mm. We need to get our fiscal house in order. There's no question about it. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. This is an, it's not an unprecedented crisis. I read to you that quote uh, last week. This is not unprecedented. It's not even unprecedented in some people's lifetimes. We've had pandemics while, you know, the 1918 Spanish flu. We've had other flu outbreaks that have been serious. 
I, I mean, I was alive when we when HIV was first discovered. I remember the hysteria around HIV. I remember hearing on the radio. I'm not kidding. Growing up, there was this guy suggesting on the radio. You remember this, Joe? People were like, don't sit on a public toilet seat. Mm. You can catch it. That's not true. Like there was there was panic around HIV too. I remember it. I was a kid when it when it happened. Yeah. But I remember that. Me too. This is not unprecedented. It's not even close to unprecedented. Having said that, the economic damage from it is unprecedented. There has never been an economic decline of that many jobs in a week in modern U.S. history. There's not even close. We had 1982, we lost, what was it, 700,000 jobs? We lost 3 million in a week. That is unprecedented. I bring this up because it's going to require unprecedented action economically, financially, and with our politicians on the other end. And if they're not willing to accept it, ladies and gentlemen, then understand they are tacitly, if not openly, signing off on the downfall of America. If you think for a second we can spend $2 trillion on top of the $22, $23, $24 trillion we already owe, and on top of the $100 trillion in unfunded liabilities to people who will claim Social Security and Medicare in the future. If you believe that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really sorry. I've got a bridge over there in Palm City next to my neighbor, and I'll sell you on the super cheap. It's insanity. I get what happened. I wish this bill didn't pass the way it was. It was a disaster with a lot of the garbage larded in it. I'll show you this Kennedy Center story in a minute that probably is going to piss you off a little bit. But I get it. It was no fault of these businesses, these restaurants. I've told you the horror stories in my neighborhood. There's nothing they did wrong. It's the first time in American history that we're paying companies to shut down. I get it. I get the Band-Aid. But at some point, the Band-Aid has to come off. And the question at that point is, if the wound is still open and gushing, and it's a financial one, what do we do? So I'm going to give you some suggestions. I'm not expecting any of these politicians to listen because you have people like Pelosi and the garbage people up on Capitol Hill who really seem to be relishing making the United States look like idiots in the middle of this. Quoting non-numbers per capita, already talking about investigations in the middle of a crisis, promoting debunked conspiracy theories. Equipment was denied. It's in a warehouse, you knuckleheads. Trump denied the intelligence. You mean the intelligence that was there from 2003 to 2015 that nobody did a damn thing about while you were impeaching the president and talking about the collusion hoax? You mean that intelligence? Yeah, that one. I'm not expecting these garbage people to listen. Suggestion number one. I live in the state of Florida whose financial health is reasonably good. We have a cat fund, a catastrophe fund, a catastrophic fund down here in the event of hurricanes, which we get all the time down here. Mm -hmm. I've only been down here five years. We've already lived through three of them. Luckily, they've been in my area, in my area, particularly mild. Elsewhere, they've been devastating, including the Panhandle and the West Coast. I live on the East Coast. Having said that, even though they were mild, they were still damaging to the local economy. We have a cat fund. There are billions of dollars in that catastrophe fund to plan for a rainy day. Have you not asked yourself a simple question like, gee, that's a smart idea. Why doesn't the federal government do that? The answer is because we have a reverse cat fund. 
We have been pissing away your money down the toilet bowl for the last 30 years, Republicans and Democrats alike, make no mistake. We now have a reverse cat fund. Meaning when we needed the money in this crisis, instead of going to a bank account we had, of a cat fund, an emergency fund, a slush fund the government could tap into in the event of emergency, we have nothing but worthless notes we're going to start to keep printing from the Federal Reserve because we have no money. Matter of fact, in the reverse cat fund, we have negative $22 trillion. That's what we owe now. You would think the same politicians, Joe, that shamelessly urge Americans Save your money, get prepared for an emergency, keep some extra food around. Now in the future, we know to keep some extra paper products around. Mm -hmm. Keep a couple of months pay in a bank account, right? Haven't politicians been telling us to do that for years? We should turn, hey, how, how, come, how, how, come you didn't, how come you didn't do that? Oh, no, that's different. I get to spend your money for free. It ain't my money. Right. So what I do, I flushed it down the bowl like I always do. If there's not serious talk after this is over, about fiscal fortitude, growing a pair, and not only balancing our budget, but putting together some kind of emergency fund for things like this in the future, then you're all garbage people. You're all garbage, and you're not serious people. You're all garbage people if you're not serious. Second, listen, I'm sorry. We're in a catastrophic level of debt. I love our seniors. I just lost my grandmother. I love my mother-in-law, my mom, my father. I can't believe they're senior citizens. I feel, I feel like yesterday they were, you know, really in their 20s and 30s. We got to take care of people 55 and older. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're 55 and younger, start preparing for a world without Social Security and Medicare. There's no money. I'm sorry. There's no money. I'm sorry this hurts. But I am not going to be on the wrong side of the facts to placate people. I always get emails about this. That's fine at this point. Email away. People are like, I'm not listening to your show. Okay, do your thing. I don't know what to tell you. Take care of our seniors. We promised them we made promises. They, they can't remodel their lives. Many of them are retired. They paid into this system. The system failed them. That's our responsibility. They were the greatest generation. They lived through things, the Great Depression and the wars we haven't lived through. We have to take care of them. We have to. It's not negotiable. Make sure they're made right. Take care of their health care. Take care of their social security. If you're 55 and younger, start making plans right now because we got to scrap it. We got it. There's no money. There's no money. Do you understand there's no money? There is no money. But I'm 55 or younger. I paid in. So did I. It's gone. You paid into a lot of things that are gone. You paid into an unemployment insurance fund. That may be gone too. You paid into a lot of things. You paid for HHS vouchers for people to get Section 8 housing. You didn't get that either. It's gone. It is gone. There's no money. I am very, I mean it, very sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but the truth matters. I can already see the liberals melting down. You're using this as an excuse. I'm not using anything. It has used us and all of the money. This crisis is nothing brought about by anyone other than the Chinese who couldn't tell us the truth so we could have prevented this thing. Folks, if we were to tell people 55 and younger and remodel this system and get rid of these obligations, the United States' credit rating would go through the roof in a good way tomorrow. It would make up tomorrow for all of the lost money, the tens of trillions of wealth, dollars in wealth, and productivity are going to be wiped out. 
potentially for years. It would make up for tomorrow if we would tell people 55 and younger, I'm sorry, but due to this crisis, we've got to take care of our seniors. I'm sorry. It's not there anymore. Just be honest. My gosh, just be honest with people. I'm sorry, but that goes for the president too. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no money. And anyone who tells you otherwise either can't do math or is lying. Here's another suggestion. When this is done, flat tax across the board. The tax system is overly complicated. We're going to desperately need economic growth to get out of this. We can do it. We can fix it tomorrow. 15% flat tax, capital gains, corporate tax across the board. We haven't had equal rates since the Reagan administration. The problem is when the rates are different from capital gains to corporate taxes to income taxes, what do people do, Joe? They move their money around from income to capital gains to corporations to do what? To hide it from the government. Because remember, Mm -hmm. tax evasion is a crime. Tax avoidance is a national pastime. They're not the same thing. Tax avoidance is second to baseball and being a national pastime. Why is there tax avoidance? Because there's different tax rates for different kinds of income. If there weren't different tax rates for different kinds of income, people wouldn't avoid paying taxes because there'd be no different kind of income to make it. 15% cap gains, 15% corporate, 15% flat income tax. The economy would explode. Would explode. Of course, the garbage people in D.C. don't want to tell you that. Here's another suggestion, which President Trump, thankfully, is taking into account right now. Stock up right now on our oil reserves. We have a strategic oil reserve in this country. Mm-hmm. Load that thing to the brim and then find more places to store oil. Buy it up. $20 a barrel? Buy it up. Everywhere. Store it everywhere and anywhere we can. Fortify this nation with a cat fund. Fortify this nation's fuel supply for the future. $20 a barrel? Everywhere. Store it everywhere. Ask people to put barrels in their backyard. You ain't going to see $20 a barrel oil again in your lifetime when this (laughs) is over. Right. Yeah. Trump's doing that now. President Trump. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, I actually got two more quick ones. One, build up our military right now. You may say, Dan, you're suggesting we, we, we shut down government spending. Yes, we are. But ladies and gentlemen, some government spending in this time would be appropriate. And the reason military spending works particularly well, not as a stimulus, but right now, number one, we need a military. We need them well-equipped. And we've had problems through the years. There's no question about that. But secondly, there are very few crowd-out effects to military spending. When the government spends money on things that the general population can spend money on themselves and has to borrow money to do it, interest rates go up and therefore spending on those things gets crowded out. Therefore, it's not a stimulus. Mm. The government buys milk, we buy milk. The government becomes a competitor for milk. That's typically not the case with a lot of military spending. When the government's buying Raptors, not the trucks, the planes, Mm -hmm. and F-35 Joint Strike Fighters, They're not competing with Microsoft for the same lot. Fortify our military now while we have the chance. Lastly, get rid of these stupid regulations. This is is ridiculous. Now you are seeing, you're being exposed in live time. 
the futility of these stupid regulations that liberals and big government Republicans have imposed upon us by years. I just took a short list of stuff. Why is the FDA doing uh, uh, efficacy? The Food and Drug Administration. Oh, we have to make sure the drug works. No, the FDA doesn't have to do that. FDA has to make sure the drug is safe. Get rid of this efficacy requirement. We have doctors for that. If the drug doesn't work, doctors won't use it. Not hard. We need the right to try, expanded right to try. If a drug is safe and approved by the FDA and someone wants to try it, then try it. If a drug isn't yet approved and a patient near death wants to give it a shot and a doctor's willing to give it a shot, then let him try it too. Certificates in need for hospital. What the hell's that about? Hmm. These state regulations that don't allow people to build hospitals. Get rid of it. If a hospital, if someone wants to build a hospital and compete with another hospital, then build away. Hair braiding licenses. You need a license to braid hair and cut hair. I've never once gone to my barber and be like, you have a license? Yeah. You know why I go to my barber? Because he cuts good hair. I don't care about his license. Hundreds of millions of dollars being wasted on stupid licensing fees to license people for jobs. That it's ridiculous. Hair braiding licenses? <sighs> All right, sorry. That went on, but I, I promised you Friday I'd... A road, and you know what they should do? It's time to to bring back in the old contract with America. Republicans, if you were smart, as this crisis starts to ebb, and it will, we will get through this. On the other side of this, you should redo the contract with America and put these bullet points down. Have some guts for once. Come on, stop being garbage people. Have some guts, not all of you, but a lot of good people up there, but have some guts and put down on paper what you know is the path towards progress and rescuing ourselves from the abyss we're digging ourselves into. We can, folks. We can come out of this and really, really fortify this country's economy for the future. All right, I told you I'd show you this story that was really going to tick you off on a Monday. Mm -hmm. but So the Kennedy Center got $25 million. You know, that's really a necessity right now. In a crisis, and I got a lot of emails, by the way, from people who were complaining about some of the some of the stuff that was unrelated to the Wuhan virus crisis and the bill. One guy who, and you know, nice email. He said his wife works for the fire service, uh, and he's like, "Well, you know, the fire service needs money too for this." And I, great email. I appreciate. it. I always like to hear the inside perspective. Point taken. That's not what the point I was making, though, sir. I appreciate your email a lot. I'm simply suggesting to you that what does that have to do with the Wuhan virus? Mm -hmm. If the fire service needs funding to prevent wildfires, then that's a legitimate thing to be debated. Not in the Wuhan virus bill. That was my point. I got tons of emails about this. Right, yeah. But then the Kennedy Center has employees too. Fine, debate that later. They will get the same checks everyone else get. Why is the Kennedy Center getting $25 million to do this? Here's a story at the Washington Free Beacon. There's a real story. Bill McMorris. Kennedy Center tells its musicians it will stop paying them hours after the $25 million bailout is signed. What? I'm just going to leave that one there. Yeah. Because that could get ugly. And again, being on terrestrial radio now, we have certain limitations. You just paid. You just paid your money plus interest, because we don't have the money. We'll pay interest on that. $25 million to the Kennedy Center during the Wuhan virus crisis, who then turned around and told its musicians to go pound sand. 
Okay, and an unrelated story, because there is other news going on, but a story that really ticked me off this weekend, given my prior line of work. Listen, I got nothing again the, against the, the House of Windsor or the Royals or whatever. I don't believe in monarchies, whether they're real or imagined. I don't really <laughs> care. Do your thing. I love the United Kingdom. It's a great place. I get the pageantry and the regality of it, literally, but look at this story. Washington Examiner, Brad Palumbo. This thing probably went nuclear this week. It'll be in the show notes. So you know Harry and Meghan, the, what are the Dutch and Duchess, and what, what I don't even know. I honestly don't even care. The prince, Prince Harry, he's, yeah, prince. Yeah, yeah. he's the prince. That's right. Come on. I got to know that. Prince Edward William's brother. Trump is right. U.S. shouldn't pay Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's security costs. You're damn right he's right. Now, to be fair, I read this piece, and Brad Links, the Daily Mail put this story out there, and it I, really upset me this weekend. The story doesn't say they're asking for that, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. It doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. It says that now that they are not ceremonial heads of state anymore, because in case you missed the story, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, um, they have since renounced their titles and are going to go into private life, whatever it may be. The story says they have to ask for security. It doesn't say they did. President Trump responded with a tweet and said, nope, no way, which I put in my tweet. No way. No way. This is expensive. You want to renounce your print ship? Fine. (laughs) You do you, Harry. We're not paying for any security then. I'm sorry. This gets expensive. This is 24 hours a day. You're talking about vehicles, overtime, security rooms. This is a lot of money. You want to go out in the private sector and do voiceovers for Disney or whatever Megan wants to do? Great. I'm a capitalist. I love it. Good. Good for you. I'm not kidding. We're not paying for the security. Saw that story this weekend, tweeted that out. Of all the tweets I put out this weekend, that one... (laughs) fascinating that that one got the most traffic all right uh back to some uh chinese wuhan virus coverage here because it is the biggest story of our time but i promise you we're not doing if you want 24-hour wuhan virus coverage you know go out we're not doing that here there are other things going on oh i forgot this did i forget the i skipped over the john solomon story spygate okay this is the important spygate story i told you but this is fascinating Mm. so John Solomon, just the news.com. Please read this again. My show notes, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Just puts out this story. They got some new emails again from FBI investigators, Peter Stroke and Lisa Page. You know, these, the, these, the, the two broken folks right now were involved in investigating Trump and Crossfire Hurricane. And now we find out new communications show what I've been telling you forever that Hillary was protected. Headline, uh, Sophie Mann at just the news.com. New Clinton scandal memos confirm FBI stalled for a month to search Wiener's laptop. So they have these new communications between Peter Stroke and Lisa Page and a story I've been telling you about for a long time. Folks, stop believing the political hype and the BS narratives from the media. They are only there to lie to you. Mm. They, you know, again, stop thinking it's an exhibition. It's just an exhibition. It's not an exhibition. The media's full-blown propaganda. And what is one of their big narratives about the Spygate thing, Joe? The Horowitz report said... There was no political bias in the investigation of Donald Trump. That is not true at all. The Horowitz report never said that. <laughs> Let me go to a couple of screen caps from this uh, Sophie Mann piece at John Solomon's site to show you what I mean. This is actually from 
Judicial Watch this week and Tom Fitton's organization did some great work. These new records show how Hillary Clinton was protected from investigation over the Anthony Weiner laptop where they found some of her emails by the FBI for a full month during the presidential campaign. He says, no wonder the FBI is slow rolling the release of these documents. Now, forget the Weiner stuff for a minute. That's a whole. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole other story. Literally. Yes. Forget the Weiner stuff. <laughs> This is the real story in there. Remember the liberal media narrative. They're all lies. It's all propaganda. The media lies to you all the time. There was no evidence of political bias. That is not ever what Horowitz said. Here, from the piece, they point out, wow, this is weird. So the Hillary Clinton email investigation was delayed while they doubled down on Donald Trump. Quote from the piece, concerns about stroke, Peter Stroke's bias during this time were also addressed, were also addressed in the June 2018 Michael Horowitz Inspector General report. Wait, I thought the media's been telling us since 2018. That's not true. Quote from the report. Again, thoroughly eviscerating the media's nonsense. There was no political bias. Michael Horowitz's report. We did not have confidence that Stroke's decision to prioritize the Russia investigation over following up on the mid-year related investigatively, that's Hillary Clinton's case, discovered on the Wiener laptop, was free from bias, read the report. We did not have confidence it was free from bias. You read it there. Now, in these new communications, we find out between Stroke and Page that this thing was delayed This the, when they found Anthony Weiner's laptop with all these Hillary emails, and they doubled down on the Trump investigation, sidelining Hillary's investigation, and the inspector general has been telling you the whole time that he can't determine that was free from bias. Don't listen to media, though. You Doubt me? Go to your phone, and like I did. Google. Trump, uh, Horowitz, political bias. You'll see 15, 20 stories from media outlets. Michael Horowitz determines no political bias, despite the fact that I just read you the quote. So now we know, number one, now we know the decision to sidelines Hillary's, Hillary's investigation, despite the fact that they had the Wiener laptop, was not free from political bias. They couldn't conclude that. But there was another part of Horowitz's testimony, number two. Now we know the continuation of the Spygate case, despite the fact that the FBI had interviewed Steele's sources in January of 2017 and determined they could be crap. They can't eliminate political bias from that either. So we have two evidences, two pieces of evidence, forgive me, two pieces of evidence indicating potential political bias that haven't been ruled out and the media won't tell you any of this. You don't believe me? Here again is Michael Horowitz talking about the FBI, interviewing Steele sources, finding out they're garbage, and then going forward Again. And Lindsey Graham says, well, can you determine for us that wasn't due to political bias? And Horowitz says, no, check this out. The Crossfire Hurricane team obtained information from Steele's primary subsource in January 2017 that raised significant questions about the reliability of the Steele reporting. This was particularly noteworthy because the FISA applications relied entirely on information from the from the Steele, I'm sorry, from the primary subsources reporting to support the allegation that Page was coordinating with the Russian government on 2016 U.S. presidential election activities. However, the FBI did not share this information with department lawyers, and it was therefore omitted from the last two renewal applications. Can you say it wasn't because of political bias? On, on decisions regarding those FISA matters, I do not know okay. their state of mind at this point. It, it doesn't matter if... It doesn't matter if he knows or not. It really doesn't. The media will continue to lie to you and tell you, despite these new comms indicating 
that the Hillary Clinton investigation was delayed for a month while they focused on Trump. Despite Horowitz writing in his report, I can't eliminate political bias as a motive there. Mm -hmm. And despite Horowitz there on tape indicating I can't eliminate political bias as a motive for continuing the investigation into Trump, your hapless media, I'm sure, will continue to report going forward that there was no political bias. But again, you continue to believe it's an exhibition. All right, last story of the day. Magically got through this all. PJ Media's got a great story about the media's new line of BS for you in the coronavirus crisis. Again, why am I so mad? Because, ladies and gentlemen, facts matter. Facts matter. You're not getting facts and you're being misled about not if this is serious or not. Of course it's serious. Period. Full stop. End of story. Mm -hmm. The question is, how serious is it? And how serious of a crisis, health-wise it is, has to be based on data and science. Something the media doesn't understand because they don't understand basic statistics. Now nah, they really do. They're just lying to you. Check out this PJ Media piece. What the media isn't telling you about the United States is coronavirus case numbers by Matt Margolis. Please read this. Because I want to show you again how the media, in an effort to spit on the United States, is using faulty data analysis they know is faulty to make you believe that the United States is the worst country in the world in handling this. Why do they want you to believe that? Because President Trump is the president. If it was Obama, they would be writing the exact opposite articles. Let me show you the little numbers trick they're playing. First, to show you how they're doing it, let me go to some screen caps from CNN. This doesn't require sophisticated people to figure out. Here is the garbage people at CNN. Read the Chiron. Trump incorrectly says U.S. has tested more than anyone. We have. Per capita, South Korea has done five times more and Italy has done four times more. That's not what Trump said. Right. Trump said we have done more tests than anyone, which is absolutely accurate. CNN, in order to fake fact check Trump, Puts in there, well, per capita, in other words, based on our population, South Korea and Italy has done more. That is true. The problem is that's not what Trump said. So, Joe, CNN, to be clear, we're, again, we're trying to do principles yeah. here, which CNN has none. These are slimeball garbage people. CNN is now claiming that we're fact-checking him because the way this should be done is to measure these things per capita, per person. Okay. Fair enough. So now we're going to do a per capita thing. Well, that's interesting because here's another screen cap from CNN. U.S. leads the world in confirmed coronavirus cases. Okay. Wait, I thought we were doing mm -hmm. things per capita. Yeah. Because when you actually measure these things mm -hmm. per capita, like CNN just told us was the way to do it with testing. It's everything's per capita here. Trump, come on, you lying fool. Test per capita. But then when it comes time to dunk on Trump and say, hey, we lead the cases, do we really lead the world in cases per capita? Let's go to the PJ Media piece. Actually, we're number six. Now, here are the top six countries by confirmed cases per million people based on population numbers from the CIA's World Factbook in descending order. Italy, Spain, Germany, France, Iran, USA. Garbage people, folks. Garbage people. Instilling maximum red line panic in you all the time based on an infantile fifth grader's understanding of basic statistics, hoping you're dumb enough to believe it. 
how do we dunk on Trump? He said, we've done the most tests. We have. Is that what he said? Yeah, what he said. So let's make him look like he's lying. Let's make sure our new standards per capita. Okay, great. Well, here's the problem, CNN. If we report per capita on confirmed cases, we're not number one in infections. Okay, let's drop per capita now. And let's just go back to raw numbers. Hmm. These are disgusting people. These are not serious garbage people. These are the Chuck Todds, Brian Stelters of the world. These are unserious garbage people. Maximum panic, maximum economic dislocation at all times. Pathetic. All right, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to my YouTube. We're trying to get to 400,000 subscribers. We're almost there. I think we're at 388 or so, youtube.com slash Bongino. I always appreciate your loyalty to this show. Thank you very much. Um, we had a pretty good week. We're here to keep you informed, folks. That's it. No matter what happens, we're staying on this air. We're keeping you informed. Facts and data matter. Thanks a lot. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.